You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. And he says that he that seeth thee in secret shall reward thee openly. And so he was talking about how humans can take advantage of the reward system in God. In the course of this discussion, we had explained that there is a reward system in God. Which is very different from the fact that God freely has given us certain blessings. We understand when the Bible talks about salvation as a gift. Talks about the Holy Spirit as a gift. Talks about righteousness as a gift. We didn't earn salvation. We didn't earn righteousness. We didn't earn um, 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 eternal life or the Holy Spirit. Those are gifts from God. But the scriptures clearly differentiate between a gift and a reward. When the Bible talks about reward, as Jesus taught, he was explaining about something that comes back to you because of what you had previously done. Hallelujah. It is because of the reward system in God that this idea of seed time and harvest is introduced. It means that because of that reward system, a man can determine how blessed he will be. Meaning that he can determine the manifestation of the supernatural in his own life by his actions. And it is important for believers to understand that reward system. When we started the discussion, there are some things I mentioned. I said, we receive God's gifts by faith. But we receive the rewards by our faithfulness. The Bible says, for it is required in a steward that a man be found faithful. In 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, let a man so account of us as stewards of the mysteries of God. Then he says, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Because there is a reward system in God. In book of Revelations, we are told that he said, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. He didn't say my gifts are with me. He said, my reward is with me. Meaning that he had come previously and given us gifts. 
giving gifts to mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Gifts. But when he's returning, he's not coming with gifts. He's coming with rewards. Rewards to reward us for what we did with the gifts he previously gave to us. And I want it to be very clear in your mind so you understand it. Because sometimes we hear things and we mix things up. The Bible talks about being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So help me tell someone there is a reward system in God. That means something comes out of our fasting. Something comes out of our prayer. Something comes out of our giving. It is not saying that the fasting, the prayer and giving is what make God, make, makes God accept you. No, you were accepted before you prayed. You were accepted before you fasted. You were accepted before you gave. The scripture says that we are the accepted in the beloved. But the beloved ends rewards. Amen. In that place of acceptance, there are certain responsibilities that we have that is rewarded. Paul spoke extensively and at different times. The popular ones he spoke in Timothy, when he wrote to Timothy, he said, what is laid up for me is the crown of righteousness which the Lord will reward me and every other person. So, the crown of righteousness is different from the gift of righteousness. Are we together? So, there is a gift of righteousness. Understand terminology in the scripture. There is the gift of righteousness, the fruit of righteousness, and the crown of righteousness. The gift of righteousness, you didn't earn it. But the crown of righteousness is earned. Hallelujah. That's the reward that comes at the end of the day. So, in the course of our study, we got to the 19th verse of Matthew 6. And we looked at verse 19 to 21, which is a summary of all he was saying in Matthew 6. So, we're going to read that before I go back to my... Acts 20.35 He said, lay not up for yourselves treasures. And I told you the Greek word translated treasures there is wealth. Wealth. Lay not up for yourselves wealth upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. 20. But lay up for yourselves. Now, if you understand the terminology there, it's not saying, it's saying lay up for who? Yourself. That means that thing you are doing, it is unto God, but it's for your benefit. Amen. They say lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That is not well positioned. It's either it comes back a bit or goes forward a bit, one or two. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither, because he's saying even, it's supposed to be heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse 21. 
For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, let me explain this to you. He is saying that there is something about fasting, praying, and giving. He's saying that when we fast, when we pray, when we give, we are laying up treasures. Hallelujah. We are laying up treasures. Say, I'm laying up treasures. For who? For yourself. Hallelujah. You're laying up treasures for yourself. This is in line with Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Maybe let's start from verse 1. Where the scripture said, sorry, 11. Let's start from verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters. Ecclesiastes 11. For thou shalt find it after many days. Keep going. We just read up to verse. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Then he said, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. For if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Just give me verse 4, just to add that. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. So he's talking about sowing. He that regarded the clouds shall not reap. So he's using another terminology now, sowing and reaping. Hallelujah. Now, but where I'm going to with all of this is to explain to you. Can you go back to Matthew 6? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. All our lives we were taught how to lay up treasures on earth. How to have a fixed deposit account. How to buy shares. How to make investments. We were taught. We were made to believe that that's the way to go. But Jesus was instructing. He said, there's a higher way to live. I call it the more blessed life. Amen. That ensures that the treasures I am laying for myself are more of treasures upon, not upon the earth, but in heaven. Hallelujah. Then you ask, how did they lay up treasures? We were shown how they laid up treasures through the life of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. That means that we can lay up treasures today. Amen. In heaven. Glory to God. Where thieves do not break through and steal, where moth or rust will not corrupt. Hallelujah. When he says moth and rust, moth is an insect. Alright? It's an insect. Something that eats up what you kept. Why the rust is talking about something that the atmosphere or weather cost. Are you understanding me? So he's saying that there are there's a way to lay up that circumstances cannot affect what you've laid up. Hallelujah. Verse 21 now says, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He's also telling you that you can direct your heart by these actions. Anytime you fast, your heart is aligned. Anytime you pray, your heart is aligned. And anytime you give, your heart is aligned. There are many folks that their heart is not in the right place. And I'm not talking about people that are not born again. I'm talking about believers. 
but their heart is not right. How do we know? Acts chapter 8 tells us that when they went to Samaria and began to preach the gospel, a certain sorcerer, Simon, also received Christ. He got born again. And then, when he got born again, (laughs) he observed that Peter, by laying hands on people, received the Holy Ghost. And he wanted something like that. So he offered Peter money to buy the gift. And Peter was offended. For me, I felt that Peter was taking it too serious because the guy just got born again. He doesn't know any better. Are you understanding me? But Peter was so offended. But as I studied further, I, I understood that it was not a natural provocation. It was a provocation of the Spirit to ensure that nobody ever attempted to buy a gift. Are you understanding me? And that's why it's recorded. To understand that money can never buy a gift. That's why I look at people that want to buy a pastor. Amen. <laughs> he cannot buy a gift. The day you buy him, he can't function at that level. Amen. A pastor you can buy cannot sustain you. If God gives you a pastor you can't buy, he has given you the greatest blessing. So Paul, Peter said, your money perish with you. <laughs> the man, the statement was so heavy that he had to plead. He said, please, pray that these things you said will not happen to me. That means those things happen. I said, that means that those things happen. This man was a former jazz man. So he understands those kind of things. Verse 24, right? Then Simon answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken come upon me. But I brought this up because I'm trying to explain to you How many of you are getting what we're saying? Are you understanding it? He was a believer, but his heart was not right. There's somebody else that will still bring money, and his heart will be right. Are you understanding me? We don't sow seed to ministers to buy a miracle. No. When you are teaching people that just got born again about giving, you explain, give and you shall receive. When you get to a higher level, you know, they understand what it is. Giving is actually an expression of faith. You didn't get me. It is an expression of faith. That means that I am giving because I believe. Are you listening to me? That's what it is. I am also not giving because I don't yet believe. 
the highest form of trust a man can show to God is to give. Amen? Whether it's his time, whether it's his money, whether it's his life, is to give. Amen? There's no other way to prove physically your trust in God. So, lift your hand and say, the more blessed life. Say again, the more blessed life is the life I live. So go back to Acts chapter 20 verse 35. Now in Acts 20 35, I'll just give you a background of what we've been talking about. It says, I have showed you all things. Paul was the one speaking. How that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, who said, the Lord Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So Jesus, the statement of Jesus implied or directly said that it is more blessed. We didn't know that blessings were on levels until scriptures like this started showing. And that means that these two actions, giving and receiving, you know, they are being compared here. Hallelujah. So, someone comes out and says, Praise the Lord, yesterday I received this. And we say, Thank you, Lord. Then someone else comes and says, Yesterday I received this. Today I received that. Why you are saying praise the Lord is because the person was blessed. God's word is saying that the one that comes and says, Yesterday I gave this, was more blessed than the one that said, I received this. Amen. The difference between an unbeliever and a believer is that the believer boasts about what he got. The, the, the unbeliever boasts about what he got, what he kept, what he has and what he has kept. The believer boasts about what he has given away. Are you listening to me? Not what he kept. The value of what he had given away. Why? Because his hope is not on what his eyes can see. Why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are what? Eternal. Our hearts are set on eternal things. So, the more blessed life. He said, it is more blessed. <laughs> it is more blessed. Everybody say more blessed three times. More blessed, more blessed, more blessed. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Oh, I caught that a long time ago. I understood it in my heart. And we used to go as a student, ask anybody that was my friend in university days and all that, they would tell you, if you meet me in the restaurant, you will eat with me. Are you understanding me? I've been that way. And I know that some of them, 
because they have small minds, are thinking that they are taking advantage of you. Are you understanding me? So, <laughs> I've had friends that when they get to a place, they will now be searching their pocket. As if, you know, as if they are looking for money. When they already made up their mind that they were not going to pay. And then I said, oh, don't worry. And they felt they were smarter. No, 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 no. There is, you see, the wisdom of God is superior to the greatest, the smartest man on earth. The wisdom of God is superior to the smartest man on earth. So I said, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I've done that for many years that I was not used to going somewhere and not being the one to pay. I was not used to it. If someone has taken me out before, we finish it. <laughs> I didn't remember when I... He said, no, you're not the one to pay. Okay, 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 okay. I'm so used to paying. But you know what? Someone asked. And I love when people ask intelligent questions. And I said, I know what I'm doing. And without, with all sense of modesty, till today, I'm still the one paying for them. You know what was happening? Every time they received, I, the giver, was more blessed than them. In that transaction that happened, we went out to eat. I was the more blessed one. I used the natural explanation. Natural explanation. So let's do an illustration here now. Natural illustration. You don't have to be a, uh, a, a spiritual juggernaut. A juggernaut is a giant, a big name. You don't have to be a spiritual juggernaut to understand that. So let's just use this illustration now. Um, come, brother. I'm giving. Which hand is under? Which hand is on top? Are you not understanding? The giving hand will always be above the receiving hand. Always. <laughs> our, even our emblem of giving is, is this way actually. But the truth is that when you are giving, the one that is receiving, are you understanding me? Is always under. Listen, thank you. The concept, when he says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. He was quoting what Jesus said. And um, I talked about it last time. I said the scripture was explaining something about Luke 6.38 because that's the only scripture that um, was a direct quote from Jesus about what he said about giving. Where he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet without, it shall be measured to you again. Now, some people do understand the second part of it when you say for the same measure. What he's saying is that if um, they're talking about how they use containers to measure, eh? Are you with me? Um, that's what they call small hand. Are you understanding me? And there's big hand. So those that are using small hand, to, that when it's coming back, it's small hand, it will also come back. Amen. Are you listening to me? Or let me use the word shallow hand and deep hand. All right? So some people just take from the top and give. 
He said, the same measure, if your measure is shallow hand, it will be coming in shallow hand too. If your measure is deep hand, hallelujah, that's how it will also come. See, the scripture is very, very precise. It lines up with what Paul was saying. He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. That means there are people that sow sparingly. That means they bring seeds and then they drop two. <laughs> that should be enough. <laughs> that when they reap also four, that should be enough. Then they are put as so bountifully. They bring a basket full and sprinkle the whole place with seeds. He said, when they are reaping, they will also reap what? Bountifully. What statements do you want to hear again from scripture to understand that giving is one of the ways to engage God's reward system? And a major way at that. Is one way to engage God's reward system. And that's why Satan fights it. Hallelujah. And tries to make people confused about something they shouldn't be confused about. It's something you practice every day. <laughs> the, see, God, <laughs> uh, the natural things around you, there are lessons in all of them that show you a principle that is spiritual. Are you listening to me? Yeah. That's why God will tell you, go to the ants. Consider our ways and be wise. That means there is something, a wisdom embedded in the character of the ants. So you look through. The way the sun comes up and goes down. The way the, the rain falls. The way plants, um, um, seeds are planted and they sprout. All of that. There is, there is a principle of God in them. Hallelujah. So, the more blessed life is a life that is more concerned and planning to give than a life that is thinking of how to collect from people. Are you listening to me? You see, it starts with a way of thinking. And that way of thinking cannot come if you have not heard the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. There are people that wake up every morning and think of who to collect money from. There are people that wake up every morning and think of who to give to. Where, where is better to be? Where is the better place to be? Amen. Be on the more blessed level. Hallelujah. Be on the more blessed level. I said even a beggar in the streets can change his destiny. He can change his destiny. He said, how? The next time someone drops money in that his plate and he decides not to spend it on himself and look for another poor person and give it to him, he has started something. He has started something. But he said, well, this one is even little for me, so why will I not even share it? Are you understanding me? You understand that? Ah, uh, if I have enough, then I will share. You will never have enough. This scripture didn't say, he said, he, he puts the, in, the, the initiative 
in your, at your disposal. He said, you first take the initiative. Give. That's why the Bible tells us that he that ministrates seeds to the sower. Why does God minister? Anytime you are in trouble, the thing God ministered to you is seed. Hallelujah. Seed. You know, I, 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 I talk with a lot of people, you know, one-on-one sometimes. And, and I, I was saying something. That there's a difference between solving an immediate problem and never being in that place again that you were in. There are two different things. There are some people that the way life has put them, all they try to do is just to solve immediate problem. And then just solve the immediate problem. And then just solve the immediate problem. They're always solving immediate problem that they never actually do something that will last. Let's suppose that you are financially distressed at this time as you are listening to me now. You are in financial distress. And then you pray to God. And then, oh God, help me. I, I will lose the admission if I... Uh, I will do this, that, that, that. You know, some, some kind of state you are in. Then, someone comes to give you something. Hi. There's a book that a couple wrote many years ago. I think it, sh- it should still be available. It's titled... God's mutual funds. What he was talking about is that any money that comes to your hand belongs to you and God. Hallelujah. That means that you will not use it without consulting him. Are you understanding me? He said, hey, 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 God has given me the 500 naira I was believing for. God is not just thinking about solving that immediate problem. He's thinking about something bigger. Now, when that money comes, that's why in the New Testament, the leading of the Spirit is perhaps one of the greatest assets the believer has. You pray and say, Lord, I have received 500 naira. What do I do from here? If he tells you to spend it, spend it. If he tells you not to spend it, don't spend it. That's where a lot of believers miss it. And so some people are not able to experience the chain effect of something that has started. Hallelujah. Because they interrupt it by breaking the process. Are you listening to me? There are some times where you're believing God for, you know, some people are believing God for, 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 for breakthrough, as we call it. And then something now happens. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you are entering new levels for the first time, there are testings. There are testings from God. God tries his own. Have you not read where Abraham, he said, God told him, take Isaac, your only son. And then the Bible says, God wanted to see what Abraham would do. So he said, God said, now I know that Abraham will fully obey me. Ah, didn't you know Abraham before? No, no, no. This is the second knowing. Amen. So some of you, the first time you got a million naira, God, sometimes you might not even hear a voice from God. He just wants to see what you will do with it. You got your first job, that your first salary. 
God is looking at what you, what, you, what you are going to do with it. Because there is a principle you should never forget. He that is faithful in little is faithful in much. A door opens for you. You enter the place you have never entered before. Is God honored in that space? Or you are pursuing your agenda now? That's why you have all those kind of people that uh, they used to have, um, you know, we used to call those artists, uh, uh, one record artist. You know one record artist? An artist also come and release one album. After that, you will never hear of him again. Alex, so. Don't be an Alexo Christian. Amen. <laughs> Amen. After that one testimony you shared, nobody heard from you again. He said, don't be that guy. Way. It's not that guy that they said that America embassy gave him money. What happened now? <laughs> he has shown himself. <laughs> and some of you are that kind of place in life now. The testings. Amen. What are you doing? See, God is concerned about what you do with money and what you do with power. Very concerned. Never forget what I just said. What you do with money and what you do with power. That's why all those security men that they put in gate of company, they they will see somebody and frustrate the person. And say, uh, you will know that uh, even if you are your guy in your office, I am your guy here. <laughs> That's why you come 10 years later, they are still at the gate. 10 years later, they are still at that gate. Because God resists the proud. Are you understanding me? Yeah. You see. They've made you gate man. You are not yet security. You are, you are locking down people's destiny at the gate. What will happen if they make you the chairman? That means you are saying, God, don't try to, don't make me chairman. Oh, you are seeing what I'm doing here now. Don't make me chairman. Praise the Lord. The more blessed life. Hallelujah. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I just want to enter. There's a place I want to enter. And I believe it to be a great blessing to you. Now, it's that. Let's look at Philippians 4. Verse 15. In Philippians 4, 15. Paul was speaking. And he said, now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, that's when I first preached to you, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, this was an indictment on all the churches that Paul ministered in, amen. No church communicated with me as concerning what? Giving and receiving. Everybody say giving and receiving. 
You know, we, we, the scripture we just read in Acts 20.35 said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So it was talking also about what? Giving and receiving. Now here again, Philippians 4.15 is talking about what? Giving, concerning giving and receiving. So I want to show you a few things. Because a lot of believers don't understand giving and receiving. They don't understand it. I believe that if somebody understands, it's just like where a child is refusing to take a tablet. Deep, 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 deep down, they don't really understand that you are helping them. Are you understanding me? So you're just thinking about the fact that his drug is not sweet, you know, so I don't want it. Are you understanding me? Sometimes they don't even want to understand. But if the child understands that this will make me better, it will be a struggle to make the child accept. Are you with me? Sometimes they are not mature enough to able to prioritize. You understand that? To know what's more important to do right now. And I believe the same thing applies to believers. That the reason why they don't engage in certain things is that they don't understand the benefits of those things. Because if they understand, it's just like where you see a believer dodging prayer meeting. Hi. You've been wondering, how can you be dodging prayer meeting? Praise God. It's just like now, we brought a bag and there are many contracts in the bag. You start running away. They say, come, where are you running? You are just running, you're running. Say, hey, what's wrong with him? That's what everybody will say. Is that also? That's how it is for someone to be dodging a prayer meeting. Or someone dodging an opportunity to give. Hallelujah. They say, oh, they're raising money for now. Just say, Why is he dodging? He does not understand. If he understands, he will be the one chasing and say, I've not given. I've not given. See, when someone has understood giving, they don't pursue them to do it. The person pursues the opportunity to give. Are we together? A minister went for, uh, someone, he was invited for a meeting. And then he got there and I said, uh, he was talking, I said, yesterday I heard people gave for something. He said, yes. He said, I've not given my own. They didn't say you should give. And he, said, and he was not there. It's not a perfect opportunity to dodge it. He said, no, yesterday you people gave for something. I was not there. I must give. Because they have understood what it is. If you are here and you are hearing me and you are not a giver, it means you don't understand it. And um, don't think that, you know, uh, it's not important. It's very important. It's very important. So I just want to share some things with you. Glory to Jesus. We're going to look at concerning giving and receiving. That I just mentioned. I want to read uh, Philippians 4 15 um, through to 19. I'll read verse 17 because I want to show you the reward of giving. It now says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but what? 
you only. Continue. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent, who sent the Philippians? Once and again. Unto what? My necessity. Now understand what Paul was saying. What is his necessity? He was saying that they, what he needed. Amen. They sent once and again. They didn't say, well, I've given before now. No, no, no. He said they sent once and again. Then in verse 17, he now said, not because I desire a gift. That's you're not giving because I asked you to do it or I wanted something from you. But he made a statement here that is very important. But I desire fruits that what may abound to your account. What Paul was introducing something that nobody would have naturally thought of. Meaning that anytime we give, fruit abounds to our accounts. Amen. Fruit abounds to our accounts. That means our accounts can be in the minus. Our account can be in the plus. Our account can be in the surplus. Help me ask your neighbor, what's the state of your account? Amen. <laughs> now, he's not talking about your, just your natural account. Fruit will abound to your account. Anytime you engage in giving, fruit abounds to your account. That means we have a spiritual account. That's why Jesus was saying, lay up treasures in heaven. Where are you laying it? In an account. Amen. It's recorded in your name, so to speak. Paul talked about something like that, but I won't go there now. Where he said that, lay up for yourself in store against the time for a good foundation. A, a good foundation against the time to come. So he was talking about making a deposit. That means when you are giving, you are actually making a spiritual deposit. Hallelujah. Verse 18. But I have all and, I, and abound. I am full, having received of, of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Then what did he call what was sent? An order of what? A sweet smell. A sacrifice. What? Acceptable. Well-pleasing to God. Now, that's what he said. But who did they give it to? Paul. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he said it was well-pleasing to who? To God. Hallelujah. Verse 19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I asked someone a question. You know, because the person had a problem with giving. He said he has a challenge where if he gives, he wants to give to God, but how can he give to God without giving to a human being? Amen. And I said, when the Bible says, worship him in spirit and in truth, he's saying that follow the pattern that God has set. Are you understanding me? If you create your own pattern, you cannot have the benefits. <laughs> Amen. Are we together? So, now, he said, because he has a problem maybe in his mind that okay 
how does it now happen that God now, you know, how does it now happen? I said, okay, do you understand prayer? He said, I think so. I said, no, you don't understand prayer. You stay in one place, in your house, and you talk to yourself. But you believe that you are talking to God. Are you listening to me? Hello? If somebody was listening to you, nobody is there. You are saying, oh God, let me pass jam this year. I feel jam so much. That my name is used, for example, in the jam brochure. Lord, let this be the last time. Somebody now can say, hey, this boy has suffered. So See him, he's talking to himself. He said, no, I'm not talking to myself, I'm praying. They now look around. They say, who you they pray to? Pigeon English. Because there is no person physically present. What makes the prayer work is that you believe you are praying to God. Oh, are you listening to me? The same mouth you used to talk to a human being is the same mouth you used to talk to God. What changed talking to a human being and talking to God was faith. That's the same thing about giving. It's your faith in your giving. Amen. Are we together? (laughs) Do you know it was even worse in the Old Testament? Because sometimes you go and drop a sacrifice somewhere and go. Hello? But you know, what surprises me that even those that worship idols believe in this giving more than some of us. A man would take rice and stew in a plastic plate and go and drop beside a tree and keep Fanta there. <laughs> and go, and go home. And he will go and say, I don't settle the matter. Then his enemy is going to walk singing, Ooh, oh, 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 oh. Are you understand what I'm saying? He believes. He doesn't care what happened to that rice and fanta. As long as he's concerned, he has made the sacrifice. But do you know that you do it naturally? For some of you that have some idea of farming, you dig the ground and bury a seed. Then you go. And as you go, you say, I just planted yam. Are you understanding me? I planted yam. You start planning for the harvest. Is that not what? You start planning for the harvest. You believe that that seed you put has life to reproduce. What makes something a seed is that by faith you put life in it when you drop it. I pray that your understanding will be opened. That you will desire fruit to abound to your account. 
Hallelujah. You, I used to assume that people understood these things until it became obvious to me that many don't understand it. It has to be thought and explained. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 8. I'll read verse 1 to 6. Then I'll read verse 6 in NLT. Verse 1 to 6. Thank you, Lord. Are you learning something? Help me ask your neighbor, what are you learning? Moreover, brethren, we do you to with of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, we read, the book we just read now is Philippians, right? Philippians 4.19. That's what we just read. Excuse me. The book we just read, Philippi is a city in the region called Macedonia. The way Port Harcourt is in River State. Okay? So when Paul is talking about the Macedonian church, Philippi is one of them. Are you with me? Philippi is like the principal city. So it says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to with. It actually means to know. Amen. We want you to know of the grace of God. Alright? Bestowed on what? The churches of Macedonia. That means there is a grace that they carry. Let's read down. I'll read in NLT after. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. I know that you do not understand this one. Don't worry. For to their power, <laughs> I bear record, amen, that they have a zeal, uh, uh, beyond their power, sorry, they, have, they are willing of themselves, sorry. Verse 3. Praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. Continue. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Next. In so much that we desire Titus as he had begun, so he will also finish in you the same grace also. Then verse 7. That's the last one. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you are abound in what? In this grace also. So now, all these things we read that you are just looking like you understand, but you don't understand. Let's read it in New Living Translation. Amen. So go back to verse 1, New Living Translation. Amen. I like how some people can just be nodding, but they are confused. <laughs> Pastor. You know. <laughs> Bishop Edekbo was saying something in the last meeting. He said that when you're preaching, people shout, yeah, preacher, shout, yeah, preacher. They didn't understand Jack. That's why they're even shouting. (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. So, let's read it in everyday English, all right? Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. May they say that kind of story about you. Verse 2. Where I'm going to is verse 6. Okay, so but follow me. They are being tested by many troubles. 
This looks like somebody here. Amen. And they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy. Which has overflowed in rich generosity. How can someone that is poor be generous? Now, let me tell you one secret. When you are most, most down, be most generous. He said, they also, they are also filled with abundant joy. When you mix joy and generosity, <laughs> it can never be the same. You know why some broke people will never recover? Because they have become depressed. Let me use the word even bitter. So, you come near them and say, now we are the, we are this time. You want to show me now? I don't have time. Auntie. Once you enter that zone, eh, forget it. But when things are not fine, that's why the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let nothing touch that joy. As long as that joy remains, you can come out of They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity. Next verse. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. Let's read this together. I want to go. Go back to verse 3, please. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. Now, if we said this today, someone will say, how? Well, he said, they gave not only what they could afford, but they gave what? Far more than what they could afford. And they did it of their own free will. Verse 4. They begged us. Are you seeing the attitude now? It's not him. He said, they were the ones chasing. They have understood something about giving. They begged us again and again. For the privilege of sharing in the gifts for the believers in Jerusalem. They were raising funds to send to Jerusalem. He said, we want to give. He was trying to exempt them. Are you understand me? Don't worry. He said, no, we are going to give. They begged again and again. How many times have you begged again and again? They say, eh, we are giving for something. They say, eh, okay, don't worry. Say, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Because uh, if you are collected that one, I die. You understand? <laughs> No. Have a change of mind. Change how you think. They begged us again and again. May you beg again and again <laughs> to have the privilege of giving. Amen. They begged again and again. Please let us give. Please let us give. We sowed a seed when we were in the university to someone and the person returned the money. Say, said, ah, no, I cannot collect money from students. No, 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 no. Don't worry, take and give it back to us. Some of my leaders are like, hey, I say you're a fool. <laughs> Confirmed fool. We'll buy something and go and give the person with this money. That if we don't give that money, we are the ones that lost. 
I said, don't rejoice. It's not a good thing that they didn't collect the money. Verse 5. They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action, may that be your first action, was to give themselves to the Lord and to us. You know, I, I discovered that some people don't know what it means. You know, there's a language we use when someone is born again. You say, I've received Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. So if you only receive him as personal Savior, only personal Savior, only you don't know anything about Lord. You've only received him as personal Savior. How do you know? When someone starts talking, there are statements people make. You know that Jesus is not yet Lord. Jesus being Lord is not just a general statement. It's a revelational statement. When someone starts saying, hmm, every day we we'll go to church. Now for church we we'll go die. Jesus is not yet Lord. Because you'll you be afraid to say that kind of thing. You know, some of you say, eh, eh, ah, I'm not a pastor, I beg, oh, you know. Is it me that killed Jesus? <laughs> you know, all those statements are proof that the Lordship of Christ has not gained the ascendancy of the person's heart. <laughs> They've not given themselves to the Lord. They've not given themselves to the Lord. Someone say, eh, I don't really, I, uh, I don't think I, I, I'll have time to go for. I don't have time. Why are you not going to go for midweek service? I don't have time. Why uh, you didn't come to church this Sunday? I don't have time. <laughs> you know, no matter that person that doesn't have time, he's going for an executive business meeting with the governor. And then he has running to me. He cannot say, hey, I don't have time. Are you understanding me? He doesn't say he doesn't have time. Now, the only person that can truthfully say, I don't have time, is someone that doesn't take his bath. He doesn't eat. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't, are you understanding me? Then I agree that you don't have time. Because you give time to the things that are important to you. The reason why you've not come for midweek services is that it's not yet important to you. You see that person that says, he doesn't have time, he doesn't have time, he doesn't have time, he doesn't have time. Check what he's doing. <laughs> Amen. They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. Let's read it together before we go to the next verse. Want to go? For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. Lift your right hand and say, I give myself to the Lord. 
that's lining up with the scripture that says that I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercy of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice you give yourself to the Lord it's giving yourself to the Lord that makes you attend cell meetings it's giving yourself to the Lord that makes you you know wake up in the morning and have your devotional time it's giving yourself to the Lord there's no other explanation for that I heard about a president of a country that received Christ Jesus and that before then he was a deacon in the church that throughout his tenure apart from when he was not in the country he never missed service that means it's a priority to him are you understanding me it's a priority to him but now you have printed your business card you've not even started the business you can't come to church your pocket you're full of business card <laughs> and you can't come to church again say so, you know now i need to push this business i need to push it i need to push this business <laughs> verse six that's where we're going to all the while all right let's read this i'll end here he says so we have urged titus who encourage your giving in the first place? That means that Titus went and encouraged them. Brethren, sow your seed. Amen. You know, so, some people behave like, you know, there are some people that are so critical that they don't even want us, you know, they can criticize everything. You know? Are you understanding me? Why will he say, in Jesus' name? It's supposed to be in the name of Jesus, not in Jesus' name. Okay. What is the difference? <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> what's wrong with you? That's a point like, what's, what's wrong with you? You know, what's working you? <laughs> so Titus was encouraging them. He came and encouraged them to give. Someone said, you know, they shouldn't be telling us to give. If you want to give, give your heart. It's a lie. You have not given since. Somebody has to encourage you. Listen, you are not angry. Are you seeing how hypocritical someone can be? He said, um, we need people to ginger us to pray. You understand that? Pastor, be ginger us to pray. But don't ginger us to give. Ah, ah. <laughs> are you understanding me? No. Are you understanding me? You, the same way you need to be encouraged to pray. Now we're going to pray about this. Prayer is important. It's the same way you'll be encouraged to give. If those encouragements don't come, you will not respond rightly to the things you ought to respond to. So here, Titus encouraged them. He came to the church and told them to give. Amen. So we have all Titus who encourage your giving in the first place to return to you <laughs> and encourage you to do what? To finish this ministry of giving. Lift your hand and say ministry is a give, uh, giving is a ministry. <laughs> what I would say transmission, transmission now. <laughs> say giving is a ministry. Ministry is a giving. <laughs> Praise God. I think the guy, you know, at we just talk, his brain just jammed. You know how this 
this uh, project your children hang. Transmission, transmission, In those days, CDs used to do that. Yes, they just keep saying the same thing. We were just singing, la, 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 la. <laughs> That's what happened here. <laughs> well, it took longer than normal. <laughs> you know, something has scratched the CD. <laughs> Amen. Let's read this together. I want to go. So we have all titles who encourage your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. I am encouraging you to continue in the ministry of giving. Glory to God. I didn't even know we were going to take this long. Let me drop it here. You know, just like there are different kinds of prayer. Alright? The Bible talks about different kinds of prayer. All prayer is not the same. I thank God for the ministry of Kenneth Hagin. And uh, he used a, a phrase in his book. He said that just like we have different kinds of sport, and they don't have the same rules. Okay? The rules that apply for basketball don't apply for football. If you're playing football, imagine now, the next match in Nigeria, who? Iceland. Okay. Now, Nigeria and Iceland. There's a blood go, pee! The guy just carried the ball, starts running. <laughs> you say, ah, weary. Yes, yes. Like, what, what's wrong with you? I say, everybody just like, the whole field, everybody, you know? They might even come with stretcher to carry him out. <laughs> Where does he think, what happened to him, you know? Because when they blow, it's supposed to kick the ball. Is that not so? And then the game starts. But that same thing that is illegal in football is legal in basketball. Amen? Basketball, as a matter of fact, someone is holding the ball, they bounce, they start, you know, it's the hand. If somebody in basketball keeps the ball on the floor, <laughs> Are we together? So just as there are different rules in the different sports and there are different rules in prayer there are also different rules in giving. Amen. Are we together? All givings are not the same. So I want to list out for you the different kinds of givings. Because a lot of believers don't know that. And these are things that you should know. Okay? And we'll end with that. Say there are different kinds of givings. Say it again. There are different kinds of givings. Okay. And um, all through the Bible, you have these different kinds of givings. 
So I'm going to list them out to you to help you understand them. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Let's read together. I want to go. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Please give me the next verse so just see what will happen. So, what will happen? Shall your bands be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. It's talking about some, it's a very, very deep scripture. This place here, go back to verse 10. The previous verse, 9 or 10, yeah. It says there, what are we reading again? 9 and 10, yeah. It says there, the first fruit. Ever say the first fruit. Now, you see, let me explain how, how we function in the New Testament. In the New Testament, you operate with the revelation of giving you have. Amen. The offering that Cain and Abel gave to God was not a tithe. It was a first fruit. Hallelujah. Are we together? It was their firstlings. The first that came out of what they got. There's a kind of giving like that in scripture. Are we together? And people did it by revelation. Even in our day, you know, I was talking to my mom some time ago. You know, she was still um, in, um, in her career at that time. And then she was sharing a story with me about how when she started working, um, she got her first job, you know, and then she took her first salary and gave it to her mother. I said, okay, you know that thing you did? That's the first fruit. So okay. I was just in a heart that her first salary, she shouldn't, she shouldn't spend it. And I, I just said, then no. I just said, that, you know, when you do those kind of things, it means that that thing will end well. And she got to the peak of her career. Are you understand what I'm saying? So, that's the first fruit. That's the first fruit. The first fruit is like someone starts a business. And then... You say, must we give it? There's nothing you must do. You must not even be born again. Are you understanding me? All right, so, <laughs> you know, you, are, you start a new business. And the first profit you got from the business is the first fruit. Are we together? Now, you are not doing it because somebody else did it. You are doing it because you have an understanding. It's a revelation to you. It has to be a personal revelation to you. If not, don't do it. But understand that there is such a giving. Hallelujah. There are times that the Holy Spirit has prompted you to do those things. You didn't even know what the name was. Amen. Am I communicating? Some of you have done those things without even knowing. Am I communicating? You've done those things without knowing. But that's what the first fruit is. There's such a giving. It means that you are acknowledging that this first thing that came out of it I'm going to use it. That's why the language used there was to honor. To honor the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the first kind of giving. The first fruit giving. It's a giving like that. The first fruit giving. Amen. The second is the tithes. Malachi 3.10. The tithes is the second kind of giving. The tithes is different from the first fruit. The tithes is simply 10%. That means if you have 
100 naira as your profit. 10 naira out of 100 naira is the tithe. You have a thousand naira. A hundred naira out of a thousand naira is the tithe. You have a million naira. One hundred thousand out of the million is the tithe. You have ten million. One million out of the ten million is the tithe. Are you with me? Ten percent. Now, the idea of ten percent did not come from a human being. It was a revelation. Hallelujah. Okay? So, look at it. Let's read it here. He said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out. And people talk about, oh, the Bible is talking about foodstuff. It was not talking about money and all those kind of things. Um, you see, the important knowledge to get here is that there is a principle of the tithe. Hallelujah. Whether it is clothes, whether it is foodstuff, whether it is money, there's a principle of 10%. And it didn't, it's not law. It started with Abraham, hallelujah, who met Melchizedek and gave him 10% of all that he had. So, as believers, out of our income, we give 10%. Now someone say, oh, um, must it be 10%? Well, it's just like the Bible says, lift your hand, holy hands, uh, worship the Lord. Say, must I lift my hand? You know, people ask those kind of questions. But that's a kind of giving. Tithe is a kind of giving. And I believe strongly that the reason why Satan is fighting the tithe is because of what it does. Hallelujah. If you look carefully, he said, I will open to you the windows of heaven. I think it was on Sunday I mentioned. I said, one, the tithe, God does not multiply your tithe. No. It doesn't multiply your tithes. It's not if you give tithes, you will multiply your tithes. No. The tithes, when you give your tithes, the remaining portion of your tithes, the ideas and the insights will come on what you will do with the rest that will be beneficial to you. Amen. That's what the scripture says. He will open to you the windows of heaven. He's not talking about, the tithe is not a seed. Are you listening to me? No, it's not a seed. So it stands separate. Are we together? So some people think that if, if they've given a seed, they shouldn't tithe. No, the tithe is a different thing. It's a different kind of giving. Glory to God. I'm not teaching on it today. I'm just mentioning them. Number three kind of giving that's in scripture is what we call the worship offering. Your regular worship offering. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2. The regular worship offering. That's what you do every Thursday or Sunday. You come to church like you're in service now. What you're going to give is your worship offering. Time will fail me to show you scriptures where the Bible said that nobody should come into his presence empty. And so the idea was that anytime they come to the presence of the Lord, they have something that they honor him with. Amen. Now, but look at how the scripture put it. And this is in the New Testament. It says, upon, let's read together, I want to go. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God had prospered him. Are we together? That there be no gatherings when I come. The first day of the week is Sunday. Are we together? So he said, anytime they gather, they should ensure that according to how God had prospered them. He was explaining how they should give the worship offering. That means that if this week I had 5,000 naira and I decide I want to give 2,000 naira. Next week when I get 10,000, I shouldn't still give the same 2,000. I will give as he prospered me. Amen. 
Are we together? I will give as he prospered me. It's not that every time you're looking for a tenera that is dead. Are you understanding me? You say, ah, this one is still alive. Let's look for the one that is very dead. Are you understanding me? You know? No, 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 no. You are giving as he prospered you that season. Amen. Are we together? That's your worship offering. That's number three, right? Number four kind of giving is what we call the prophet's offering. Matthew chapter 10, verse 41. Matthew chapter 10, verse 41. You see that? Matthew 10, 41. It says there, He that receiveth a prophet, in the name of a prophet, shall receive what? A prophet's reward. Then it goes for it, say, he that receiveth a righteous man, in the name of a righteous man, shall receive a righteous man's reward. The idea of the prophet's offering is the gift or seed you give to someone that brought or brings God's word to you. Amen. Are we together? That's the prophet's offering. It's different from money that you dash your friend. Amen. Are we together? And it's been a practice even before the law. I'll just show you one more scripture. First Samuel 9, verse 8. They were going to look, they were looking for a seer. They were looking, in those days, they called the prophet seers. All right? And look at what the servant said. And the servant answered Saul again and said, Behold, I have here at the hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver that I will give it to the man of God to tell us our way. They were going to look for a seer. But if you read down, you're saying that ah, we are going to see the seer. Do you have what to give to him? Because they understood that any time they met a man of God, they had to give him something. That's the prophet's offering. Amen. So that's a kind of giving. It's different from the tithe. It's different from the first fruit. It's different from your worship offering. Are we together? It's a prophet's offering. Praise the Lord. The last one, number five. Okay, no, it's not the last one, sorry. Number five is what we call the gospel offering. Hallelujah. Matthew 10, Mark 10, 29 to 31. Mark 10, 29 to 31. I could give you many examples of that, but let's just read this. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and what? The gospels. Did you see that? The gospels. Did you see that? The gospels. The reason why you gave it is not because you are owing somebody. It's because of the gospel. Hallelujah. Then he says, next verse, he shall receive what? An hundredfold. This is the only place about giving that scripture talks about one hundredfold. Amen. That offering that is given for the propagation of the gospel. We have three days of revelation and manifestation. You say, I want more people to attend that program. You give towards it. That's a gospel offering. Oh, we want to have a crusade. We want to reach people. We want to reach people on television. You give to it. That's a gospel offering. In church here, the partnership plan is how you give your gospel offering. Amen. Am I communicating? That's different from what you give to a man of God. What you give to a man of God is for his personal pleasure. Amen. The gospel offering is not for his personal pleasure. Are you listening to me? Get that very clear. Next, then we have the last one. Sorry, uh, uh, let me just. Number six, 
What's the first one I gave you? Let me show you are following. What's the second one? What's the third one? What's the fourth one? What's the fifth one? Number six is the welfare giving or offering. Welfare offering. Galatians 6 verse 10. Galatians 6 verse 10. In Galatians 6 10, let's read it together. I want to go. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Psalm 41, we also fall into this. Psalm 41 from verse 1 down to 3. The Bible says, Blessed is he that considered the poor. The Lord shall remember him upon his bed of languishing. Amen. All right, so it's, that's called the welfare offering. It's, some, it's an offering you give to help another person. Are, are you with me? Hello? Someone that is in need. All right? You say, ah, eh, ah brother, so, so, so you're looking like you're not eating. I bought two packets of Indomie. Yes, and, uh, you give him, you say, I also have egg. You give him. That's a welfare offering. Amen. Someone does not have transport to go after service. You give him transport. That's a welfare giving. Are we together? All right? And I used to say it this way. Welfare is on different levels. Welfare is not just to give someone food, money, your standard. There are some people now like, uh, okay, brother, stand up now. Um, what's the car you're using? What's the, um, is, it, is it Honda? Okay. If now you give him a Range Rover, it's welfare. Are you understanding? <laughs> Are you understanding me? Yeah, just to help him. You're saying, ah. You need a Range Rover now. Are you understanding me? Is where, are you understanding? The wife is on different level. Oh, yeah, all right. But <laughs> glory to God. But of course, giving to the poor falls into that. Give to the. But the Scripture teaches us to give especially to those that are of the household of faith. There are some guys on the road we try to help sometimes. But when we help people, you can give a guy 500 naira on the road. He'll go and buy tramadol. Are you understanding me? And codeine. Are you understanding me? But the brother in church, you are sure that he's not codeine, he's not tramadoling. Are you understanding me? You understand that? <laughs> All right? You know. So, he said, especially they that are of the household of faith. If you help that brother, he will win his soul. If you help that brother, he will come to church next week. Amen. Are we together? These are the six kinds of givings. Did you learn that? Say it again. These are the six kinds of givings. Amen. That are thoughts in scripture. Finally, in our givings, we have what we call decided givings and instructed givings. Decided means that nobody told me. I decided by myself. I call them decided seeds. I could decide on my own that. I want to give somebody something. I want to sow to the church. And then there are instructed seeds. Instructed seeds could be seeds that the Holy Spirit instructed you or the pastor announced in church and said everybody should sow for so, so, and so. Are you understanding me? That's an instructed seed. Most of the time, a lot of people never on their own sow seeds. So God helps them by giving them instructions to sow seed. Hallelujah. I want to ask, help me ask your neighbor, where was the last time, amen, God spoke to you about sowing a seed? 
Ask your neighbor that. When was the last time? If you have been born again more than one year, two years, and it has never entered your heart to sow a seed. <laughs> I don't know how a believer stays. He says he stays for six months, four months. It never entered his heart to sow a seed. There's no month. There's no month, sometimes in a week, that it doesn't enter my heart. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. I believe today you've learned something. Let's rise to our feet and thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith2faithonline.org.